Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Lumia. And we're super passionate about all things coaching, and we want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training thousands of life coaches. Let's dive into the science and magic of coaching. Hey, everyone. Noelle here. Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. And today we're going to get into a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And it's the fact that coaching is changing the modern workplace. And I'd like to talk about why it's changing the modern workplace and why you'll want to get on board. So a couple things here. We're going to look through the lens of relationships. And that lens is going to be really broad. Uh, you know, how do people in different age groups and different life stage groups and different levels of uh, professional acumen relate to each other? And we're also going to look through the lens of applied positive psychology, which is one of the cornerstones of coaching as far as a theoretical underpinning. A book that I love and want to shout out is called Creating the World We Want to Live in how positive psychology can build a brighter future. And a lot of the work on positive psychology that I'm drawing from came from this book. And of course, there are so many other great resources that I'll mention. Let's start with the problem set that we have. There was a report that came out that said that 88% of business leaders feel that recent college graduates are less prepared for the workforce. And of those business leaders, who are looking at this feel that recent college graduates are unprepared. 70% say it's a result of their work ethic. And the same percentage says that communication skills are to blame. Additionally, business leaders point to a sense of entitlement, lack of technological skills, and 43% that other factors are contributing to lack of preparedness, including uh, inability to deal with conflict. So the first thing that I want to say about all of this is ouch. Huge ouch, right? These are, are not fun or generative thoughts and feelings that are zooming towards our newest entry into the workforce. And this can't feel good for people who are just joining um, their professional careers to be subject to. And so one of the things that I'd like to talk about is what it's going to require for leaders and for all of us to turn our dial away from placing blame on folks and to turn our dial to say, well, let's take a look at this critically. What's going on under the surface? If these conditions are true, how can we support people to change, to grow, to heal, to learn and become the best strengths-based, values-based versions of themselves? And for that reason, I am championing both positive psychology and coaching in the workforce. Both of these have empirically proven principles that are essential for psychological well-being. Psychological well-being must be the foundation of all of the work that we do moving forward into the future. Because what's at stake is that when the principles of psychological well-being are not present in our workforce, the impact is not neutral, it's actively harmful. And therefore, each of these principles are critically important. Let's take a deep dive. As we go about the process of learning and change and understanding psychological uh, principles of well-being, it's important to understand the what and the why. So the what is feeling connected to others. This is one of the foundational aspects of psychological well-being. 
when we feel excluded, it activates the brain in the same way that physical pain does. This causes depression. This impacts our immune system. It takes a negative toll on our health. It makes us susceptible to infection. It increases our mortality. What we know about feelings of being excluded is that our close relationships, those who we work with every day, those who we live with, those are part of our everyday lives, have the greatest impact on us in addition to the micro moments of brief interaction that we have with people in our community experience and in work-related proximity. So this idea of feeling connected to others, of feeling a sense of belonging, of feeling wanted is truly vital if we're going to encourage a workforce to show up. Shaming doesn't work. Negativity doesn't work. Blaming does not work. So as we're thinking about this, um, one of the things that we need to look at is where coaching shows up. And this is where the associated ICF core competencies come in. We're looking at cultivating trust and safety alongside coaching presence and ethics. So if there's any leader out there who's saying, well, how do I foster trust and belonging? Going to a coach training program will serve you really, really well because some of the positive outcomes that we see coming out of coach training, dealing with these core competencies to impact belonging is common humanity. That's seeing no strangers. What that looks like in real time is being trained on things like unconscious bias, uh, intersectionality, mindfulness, This allows you to let go of your own bias. It lets you let go of your disdain um, for preferences of worldview that are different from your own. It helps you harness simple grace in acknowledgement that we all have a right to exist together on this planet. And the number one thing that I see coming out of coach training that's really exciting to me is curiosity. And very specifically, curiosity about somebody else's views ideas, and experience. So this is juxtaposed against behaviors that come out when folks are not trained in how to harness um, the generative application of foundations of psychological well-being. And these are contempt, superiority, and blame. Now, Those are not fun words. And one of the things that I think is really important to understand is that the outcomes of this negative behavior is twofold. It hurts the person who experiences this behavior, and it also really hurts the person who enacts these behaviors because it cuts the actor off from their own capacity to experience connection within any group. This is especially true for leaders. Another foundational sense of well-being is one of having a sense of autonomy. And this is the feeling that we have choice rather than feeling coerced or controlled by others or external factors. This is one of the ways that coach training can truly help folks move beyond command and control leadership to a collaborative generative view of how we all show up. So autonomy looks like having choices that align with your values. It looks like creating room for feedback. It looks like empowerment to take action. And the positive outcomes are feelings of value, respect, 
uh, folks feel empowered to take ownership, and there's effective interpersonal engagement. All of these are the outcomes of coaching itself and a coaching relationship. And so as we're bridging the divide between how do we do this, I'm recommending coaching and coach training as a fundamental leadership skill in order to take us to the future of work. Another component of psychological well-being is the idea of feeling competent. I feel competent in what I do. Um, and that means that when we have this feeling, we're able to effectively function in all of the different contexts in which we live and that we work. And this is a basic psychological need that is imperative for well-being for all people in all places. Here's how it works. When we try new things, we naturally lack competence. It is experience around this fact that creates the tipping point in our ability to learn and grow and truly function at work. So this means that managers must give consistent, constructive feedback around what is good and what needs to be done in order to get to a standard that's acceptable. And the balance set here is very important. When we teach people how to rise to our standards, they need to know what to keep, what is good, and they also need to know where to grow. Now, notice how I framed all of this. None of that language felt bad or scary. And this is part of coaching and coach training because feedback, safe feedback, is what we learn how to do as coaches. In fact, one of the techniques that we teach within our very own Lumia program is appreciative inquiry that uses what's working as the foundation for every future build. So the associated competency here is listening actively and evoking awareness. And this is where we're really turning the dial into why coach training is really effective for managers as they're thinking about helping folks feel competent and secure in their work. Because the job of a manager is to walk with folks in support as new initiatives are rolled out, to hear concerns, clearly communicate the why behind a change, and to really lean into and enforce the availability of experimentation, reflection, and feedback. Experimentation, reflection, and feedback are the coaching process. And this is why coach training is so beneficial for anyone who's in a managerial or leadership role because you gain extraordinary comfort with this process of allowing folks to push out to the world, experiment, come back to the table to reflect, and then everyone delivers feedback to chart a path forward. What we want to work against um, is, the, is the impulse for command and control, which is basically do what I say without context, input, or education. And so your goal as a manager or leader is to get someone on board uh, to be competent in a matter where you can oversee the process rather than do the work. And this will take a lot of the load off of your back as well. Implicit in command and control leadership are harmful behaviors that we visited previously, contempt, superiority, and blame. Another piece of psychological well-being is engaging in that which is going well, being able to engage positively with our environment and see the existence of positive facts, traits, wins that increase our capacity for perception. And this all comes from the work of Barbara Fredrickson, who has lended 
so heavily to the world of coaching. We teach a lot of Barbara Fredrickson in our Lumia program. So when we're thinking about what's going well and we're thinking about how coach training fits in, we're talking about two things that folks learn, which is listening actively and helping people to gain awareness. So negativity bias typically keeps us in a position where we're always scanning for threat. Negativity bias is something that's natural. All humans experience it. It's an evolutionary trait. It's kept us alive for a really long time, but it also creates anxiety because I'm, it also creates anxiety because we're always scanning for threat. So this blocks about 50% or more of all of the different positive aspects from our existence um, from being visible to us at any given time. And when we neglect these factors, we miss a massive opportunity for well-being and to enhance our lives that's sitting right there on the table. Being able to engage positively with our environment and see the existence of positive facts, traits, wins, increases our capacity for perception in other areas. This, again, comes from the work of Barbara Fredrickson and, again, is part and parcel of what we do in coach training. The outcome of taking space to hold up what was pretty okay in any situation allows us to open more to others and allows us to get more creative in our thinking, and we also get better at problem solving. When we dive into negativity, what happens to all of us is that we start to kick up our capacity for suspicion, uh, talking negatively about others, and blame, and we cut ourselves off from our capacity for higher and logical thinking. And this does not mean that we should ignore problems But if we're thinking about the position of holding that which is good equally to that which is negative, it's a superior mental threshold from which to work because it increases our chances of being effective. Next, let's take a look at one of the big pieces of psychological well-being that is vitally important, especially as we're thinking about intergenerational divides, life stage divides, career transition, and why folks show up to something every day, anything. Why do folks show up? And that is attaching to a sense of meaning. So Let's talk about some of the negative stuff. Um, when we're when we're thinking about uh, what folks are saying out there in the ethers about what's to blame for this idea that recent college graduates are unprepared, uh, culture is listed as one of the culprits when we're when we're asking people what's up, and uh, business leaders think that this lack of preparedness is due to parents. Um, Some are blaming educators and some are blaming the pandemic. And 88% those leaders who are complaining that we talked about in the beginning said that if college offered more etiquette classes, it would be helpful. Okay. So (laughs) this is not great feedback. This is all of the negative feedback that we're talking about, right? But what we know is that younger generations um, are seeing things a lot differently. And it's not just younger generations. It's, it's our global population at large that has really changed. Gone are the days of you should feel lucky to have a job. That is no longer true. Labor is not guaranteed. 
online reviews of companies tank their ability to source talent. Gen Z especially would rather not work at all than deal with respect, disrespect, as we're hearing from these comments, or a lack of meaning. Meaning helps us to direct and prioritize what matters most. Meaning helps workers stave off burnout. And meaningful work is useless if the environment in which someone works does not uphold all of the other principles of well-being. In other words, if someone doesn't feel connected, if they don't feel competent, and so on. So how do we do this? How do we bring this all together in a way where we can take into account the negative things that people are feeling, the real world's need for meaning and connection? And what it comes down to are core coaching skills, having an open mind, and mindful awareness. So what tactical success looks like is generating all of the skills that you take on in coach training, learning how to focus your attention developing skills to notice when you're having a reactive experience, learning to pause, learning to reset before responding. Taking breaks lets us take back control of our bodies and our minds. And this is especially important with deadlines and distributing information and giving feedback. Pausing is hard, right? Um, Pausing allows you to provide enough information for everyone involved to know what's expected of them. Another aspect of a tactical how that you learn in coach training is learning how to observe your own thoughts. This builds self-regulation and self-acceptance. So it's important to consider how the folks around you experience you. Frenzy or a lack of feedback, bad moods, do as I say leadership all stems from our thoughts. We might not even be aware of how we're showing up. Mindful and careful attention to our thoughts and the ability to create space between what we feel and how we act has been proven to enhance pro-social behavior. And its role in leadership and social action is so very important. If we want to see change from others, we first need to seek change in ourselves and offer humility in the pursuit of self-awareness. I also want to touch on kindness and compassion as this relates to the day in and day out acknowledgement that your coworkers are human and are entitled to have lives and are also entitled to care. And what this looks like is pure coaching skills of acknowledging that hard stuff is hard and expressing both solidarity and concern. One of the things that you learn in coach training is to how to allow someone to clear and vent alongside of you without getting sucked into the problem so that you can keep the goal uh, in play and to keep the client focused on, okay, let's clear and vent, let's validate and acknowledge and then get back to work, right? And so um, this comes in handy when we're dealing with the day in and day out reality that most adults are experiencing multiple crises all the time. And this doesn't just apply to negative stuff. This also looks like remembering birthdays and work anniversaries and publicly acknowledging jobs well done and exchanging pleasantries with people. Um, All of this goes into the way that we show up for and with each other. And sometimes 
it's worth remembering that the very simple things that make us human, like kindness and compassion, are actually the things that are the most important right now to move the dial in terms of how we share a collective experience. As we're thinking about you know, what works, now we can think about what doesn't work and what we might want to um, undo in ourselves. Failure in the area of showing up in community uh, looks like rushing, looks like functioning on autopilot, rushing through life lost in thought, reacting automatically to what's happening in the moment versus creating space and then making deliberate decisions that take the full context and implications of your response into account. In conclusion, when we're using coaching to get us into the habits that support key foundational functions of psychological well-being that give not only ourselves, but everyone around us a chance to feel connected, a chance to feel competent, a chance to grow and learn in a safe and creative environment. What we're looking at is supporting folks in clear thinking, very specifically to create space to evaluate your thoughts for readiness to act And that is held alongside the belief that others deserve to be treated with dignity as a premise for actions that lead to wise action. Wise action is what we all strive for in our lives, in our homes, in our everyday engagements. And wise action can be defined as understanding the complexity of a situation and making a decision that will generate the best long-term results. And coach training gives us all the tools that we need to do just that. Thank you so much. It's been great to be with you today and I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to lumiacoaching.com slash everything. Explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose and a bold community to do it with. Lumia is ready to equip you with the tools, training, and community you will need to reach your goals. If you're ready to build a unique coaching business on your own terms while making an impact on the world at large, Lumia is the next bold step in your coaching journey. That's lumiacoaching.com slash everything. And hey, if you're waiting for a sign, this is it.